goals that I achieved in 2023: got a new job, got accepted by an Ivy League university, watched 70 movies, published 34 videos, and launched this podcast. You can have all you want, but you can't have them at the same time. Born into this world to experience life, not born to attend the Olympics or to earn 40k a month. Sometimes the so-called society and expectation for us are simply something in our mind. Welcome to another episode of the Toolkit for Quarter Life podcast. I'm your friend Kitty, as in Hello Kitty. Here you'll find all the tools you need to go through the quarter life crisis. Let's make these years count. I'm guessing this episode is not the first piece of content you've consumed about achieving goals, and it won't be the last. So do I. But I'm very confident to say that the next point will differentiate this episode from most of the other content on goals. This is the very first thing we need to we need to understand before we even start setting any goals. Which is to understand, life is not just about achieving goals. When I was doing the yearly review、um, last month, I started with a journaling prompt. The first question that came up was, "What were the moments of pure joy that I experienced in 2023?" And my answers include. Going back to my home country, eating together with my parents, watching all the old TV shows, traveling in Beijing with them. Yes, I haven't been to my capital city ever before. Going to theme parks and farms with my boyfriend, hanging out with old friends who I haven't seen for years, volunteering in a farm in Manchester, etc., etc. And then it really hit me: none of these joyful moments has anything to do with my goals. Which are getting that job, getting that degree, reaching that number of subscribers. Yet these are the moments that make me feel I'm in a life worth living, and all the goals I'm striving for have meaning. As the German-American philosopher Hubert Marcuse wrote in his book *One Dimensional Man*, where do human goals come from? They stem from the information environment you're being exposed to from childhood to adulthood. You may think they are your desires, but in reality, they are imposed upon you by capitalists. Do you really need that car or that big house? Do you really aspire to get into that company? Do you really want that airline or six pack? Or do you just want the external validation that comes from these shiny achievements? I really love an example from Psychology of Money. You might think you want an expensive car, a fancy watch, or a huge house, but I'm telling you, you don't. What you really want is respect and admiration from other people, and you think having expensive stuff will bring it. It almost never does, especially from the people you want to respect and admire you, and that applies to many other goals that don't align with your true values. There's another quote from a famous Taiwan TV host called Cai Kangyong. He once said in Chinese, "First, we come to live this game is to experience life, not to be invited to the Olympics or to earn 40,000 won." We are born into this world to experience life, 
not born to attend the Olympics or to earn 40k a month. Sometimes the so-called society is simply something in our mind, and things in our mind are for sure way harder to be fulfilled compared to things in reality. In other times, the so-called society actually doesn't has that much demands to us. But we will create our own character positioning for ourselves and show our existence to this imagined world. The source of many self expectation are very ridiculous, but they control us for a very long time. Hang on a sec. I don't mean that we should all go and afford all the goals. And also, please don't close the episodes for now, because having the right goals. All boils down to starting with the why and align your goals with your values, true values. Here's a simple story of mine. I was once obsessed with getting an ab line, partly because, and、uh, I still feel very guilty and ashamed of <clears throat> telling this story. I had a crush then, and we kind of chatted online for quite a while. We were gonna meet in person because. We will be attending the same university for our master's degree, and I wanted to leave a good impression with an ab line, obviously. So I tried all kinds of ab workout on YouTube. I gave up, and then pick it up, and then give up, and then pick it up again. And it just went round and round, and I repeated the same pattern. That's the time when I thought, okay, wait, it doesn't like me. I was able to go for a run for almost every day from high school to university. Why am I giving up so easily this time? And the light bulb moment was when I remembered why I do work out in the first place. I wanted to energize myself. I wanted to stay active and healthy. I want to give more power to my brain. It's never about using my body to impress or attract someone. I would only want someone who can see my inner beauty. Rather than as attracted or even as picky about my physical body, I don't want to be the ex of the you know the male main character in the movie set it up with just big boobs and an empty brain. It's never a part of my values, and I dreaded achieving my goals because they misaligned with who I am. If your values prioritize, if you value cherishing your family life, getting that promotion or salary raise won't make you happy. If you value giving and contributing, learning to code or learning a new language won't make you happy. If you find that your goals deviate from your values, your motivation to achieve these goals will naturally diminish. And that's when we started to think, "Oh, I'm not disciplined enough. I don't have enough motivation. I'm such a sucker in life." And how do we know our values? Well, there's plenty of resources. There is the value leaving questionnaire, the portrait values questionnaire, the personal values assessment. I'll link an article that talks about all these three tasks, and you can pick one that suits you. So, with the help of these tasks in ten minutes, you know your values. I mean, I don't think our values are fixed in our twenties. Our goals can only be based on our current level of knowledge to this world, so it's fine. I know that people say men plans got loves, which is true to some extent, but it doesn't mean we should not have a vision of what we want to be and who we want to be. Okay, now we know our whys, we know our values. What's the nuance of setting up goals? My first piece of advice. 
from my past three years of experience of setting goals is that don't aim that high. I'm a firm believer of the saying: people often underestimate what they can do in five years and overestimate what they can do in one year. When we set our New Year resolutions, we're full of hope and motivation and confidence. We say we'll read one book a week, we'll go to gym every day, we'll have the best year of our life. We imagine we're gonna be the best version of ourselves every single day. <laughs> with that burst of energy, we set all these ambitious goals with the image of ourselves being a never ever getting tired Superman, and we tend to forget the fact that life happens. There will be times when you're in a bad place mentally, so healing and resting are the top priority. There will be times when study, work, or relationships get tough, and you need to pay extra attention to them. There will be times when your ceiling is leaking, and you just need to put aside everything at hand to take care of it. So instead of saying "let it go," I would say just "let it be." Let it be. And surrender. Good goals give you room to breathe. That's why、um, the year before last, I didn't set the goal of reading fifty-two books in the first place, like one book a week, because I I want to account for the weeks that I need a rest from reading. And with that ease in mind, I actually hit that twenty-five book goal very quickly and moved on to reading even more. Another quote from Psychology of Money. The most important part of every plan is planning on your plan, not going according to plan. Quite of a tongue twister. So, don't aim that high. Set modest goals, and also you can adjust your goals whenever necessary, depending on your progress, or maybe after a mid-year review, or just after some change in your in your values or your perception of what's going on. If you're not able to be self-disciplined continuously, don't get frustrated or blame yourself. Rather, ask yourself: Has my goal changed? Is there a better way to achieve them? If my goal changes, the approach to to achieve these goals also need to be changed and optimized. If you don't often review your goals, if you don't periodically optimize your approaches, rather you soothe yourself in the static way of achieving your goals. It's also a form of laziness. Moving on to our second tip: to quantify your goals with both input and output. Oh, you might be thinking I've heard of it so many times. It might be from Atomic Habit or somewhere else. Whenever we talk about developing a new habit, we talk about focusing on the input, setting up a system. A typical example would be if you want to be a YouTuber, set、so、the very specific goals of publishing X number of videos this year, so、um, probably once a week, and don't set the goal of getting how many subscribers, because the latter is output, and you don't have much control over it. Another even more common example is: Don't say I want to read more. Say I want to read how many books in a year. That's why in 2022 I set one of my goals as reading 25 books a year, as I mentioned before, and I ended up reading 57 books, which was a lot to me. Was I happy with hitting that goal, though? Not really, because later I found out that. As I fixated too much on the number on the ever-growing book list, 
I didn't even have enough time to actually apply what I learned from these books to actually dive into those inspiring or even life-changing points to actually make positive changes in my life. At the year end, looking at the pile of books I read, I could barely remember what's in many of them. So, fifty-seven books, yeah, a lot, but so what? In the book Cognitive Driven, it says. Our personal growth can be categorized into two aspects: inward growth and outward growth. Inward growth revolves around personal development activities such as waking up early, running, reading, etc., and outward growth involves activities focused on external output such as writing, drawing, programming, etc. We wake up early, we go for a run. We read and learn every day. Both of our physical and mental well-being are on the path of progress. However, these activities primarily form an internal loop and do not directly produce any external results. Therefore, adhering to these habits can only make us better individuals rather than making us more accomplished individuals. We tend to overly emphasize inward growth because it's naturally easier. While neglecting outward growth, which places a greater emphasis on skills and output over input. In that sense, what do you think could be a better goal? For me, a better goal would be to read twenty-five books and write ten book reviews. The best goal would be to read twenty-five books and create something around them.、It、can be videos or can be blogs to share your learnings from those books. Which is the top level of all the goals we can achieve? Creation to create something new, create something original for this world. So now, circling back to the、um, media creation example, I would say, actually, you should set having X number of followers as a part of your goals. When I first started content creation, a part of my goal is to make one video a day for a month, so thirty-one in total, and then reach five、um, hundred followers. That's not that many given the population of my home country. So I actually have both input and output goals. I think setting output as a goal is a good way to figure out whether something is for us. I want to create videos, but if I only get five subscribers after thirty-one videos, maybe, maybe I need to publish more, or maybe it's not the right thing for me, and and I should just move on to other creative endeavors, which I might be more talented at. And I don't see not hitting the output goal as a kind of failure. I mean, you didn't fail. You're just better informed this time, and who knows? Even if your videos don't go viral, you might be a a genius writer. You just didn't know yet because you haven't pivoted to that direction. I want to meditate, but if I only manage to do it once or twice in half a year, maybe other mindful practice like journaling or、um, breathing exercise are better suit for me. So, from all the self-improvement things we consume, one universal rule is to experiment, to try and see what works for you, to pivot bravely. Setting an output goal is a perfect way to do it, and also helps you to set the limit to your sunk cost. Oh, and by the way, another thing to bear in mind when we set our goals is to control what we can control. 
A huge milestone for me in 2022 is actually find a boyfriend. So far, has been good. However, it was never written down as a goal. What I had in my minute goal list is just to date 12 times, from which I ended up dating、um, 25 times because I later realized, well, it's so easy to set up a date. And on the 26th day, I met my current boyfriend. The reason why I never made getting a boyfriend as a goal is that I know it's something completely out of my control. It's not even an output goal. The universe doesn't say that. Oh, if you date thirty、uh, times, you find someone. If you date sixty times, you're gonna find two. <laughs> Because relationship is a two-way thing, and it's largely depend on fate and destiny. Even if I do my best, it's still Fifty percent top, or even I would say thirty-three percent. The universe also takes charge of one third, I guess. Good things take time. Good people will be worth the waiting. But you simply cannot control when you meet the right person. And if you set that as a goal, it will just force you to get into a relationship for the sake of getting into a relationship. So focus on what you can control. And don't worry too much about the things that you don't have control over. The last thing I want to share with you is, you can achieve all your goals. You can have everything, but you cannot have them all at the same time. That's actually a quote from Marilyn Monroe. A very popular way to evaluate our current situations and help us to set goals is to do the Wheel of Life exercise. So basically, you divide your life into several sections: physical health, mental health, spiritual health, friends, family, romantic partner, career, finance, growth, etc. And you assign a score to each of them to see how well you're doing in all those aspects. And in this way, you see, okay, my score on this and that are quite low, maybe. So let me improve on that so that I can be a straight A student in this program called life. After trying to complete or say improve on all wheels of my life, I began to think. Well, it doesn't really align with what I learned from the book. It says extraordinary results are directly determined by how narrow you can make your focus. Where I had huge success, I had narrowed my concentration to one thing, and where my success varied, my focus had to. You must be single-minded. Try for the one thing on which you have decided. People say, "Don't be greedy. You cannot achieve everything. You cannot want this and that and this and that." But what I wanted to say is, you can achieve everything, but you simply cannot achieve them at the same time. My interpretation of that is, it's okay to set. Many goals, and you should only focus on one or say very few at one time. Laser focus, get that shit done, and move on to the next one. At the beginning of 2023 of last year, my main goal was to apply to the University of Pennsylvania because the application deadline is approaching. So, apart from watching movies, which I use for relaxation, I didn't pay attention to any other of my goals. Didn't create videos. Didn't do a podcast. I didn't hunt for job or date anything. It just focused on one goal. If you know my job, you know I work as a product manager, and in our area we have something called a roadmap where we plan what we want to do at certain time. And I 
apply that to my personal life as well. In the first three months before the application deadline, I completely focused on the the application, and in the next two months, I focused on job hunting and devoted all my spare time to basically LinkedIn. And in the next one month, I just used that for rest, and the next two months for dating, etc. The only goal that I didn't hit in twenty twenty two was to build morning and evening routines. And looking back, the mistake I made is just try to bring all those good new habits all at once. Getting up early, doing workout, meditation, journaling, everything all at the same time. Probably speaking, I managed to do them one or maybe two days, then gave up. Tried again, gave up again. All the time till the year end, and I didn't really achieve any of the habits in those routines. It takes about two months. To really develop a habit, so my system this year is to develop one goal every two months, and in that two months, it's okay that I don't get up early, I don't eat well, I don't, I don't know, don't eat fruit, but I will focus all my attention to make sure I focus on that habit. Now you've have so many more things to achieve your goals in your toolkit. There is one last thing I want to remind you, Emmy, myself. It is not just achieving goals that give life meaning. Experiencing life itself is already the meaning. In reality, each one of us is just like Sisyphus, pushing a boulder day after day and seeing it falling back day after day. Take me as an example. Doing that Ivy League degree is extremely hard and. New job comes with new challenges. At first, we thought, "Oh, get into college was the summit," and then we realized, "Oh, I need to pass the finals." Later, we believed that finding a job was the summit, and then we realized, "Oh, you need to actually perform in the job." Even later, we thought getting married was the summit, and then we realized, "Oh, like people do fight in a marriage." Only then did we realize that the boulder. Once pushed up the hill, always rolls back to the starting point. Only then did we understand that every destination is the beginning of the next journey. Not to concern ourselves too much with the position of that boulder. Instead, let's look around while pushing the boulder. If you look around, you see sunrises and sunsets. You see beautiful seasons changing. You see your footsteps may loosen the soil and nurture life. You'll see your daily movement may carry seeds, and spread plant, spread life far and wide. When you're busy achieving your goals, maybe just take some time to pause and appreciate the simple beauty, to appreciate the simple joy, and to appreciate the magical life we all live in. I wish you a very fulfilling 2024. This is for today's episode for Toolkit for Quarter Life. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. You can also follow the channel on Instagram, Toolkit for Quarter Life. The link can be found in the show notes. If you like what you've been hearing today, could you please follow the show and leave a review? Tell me what you love about this episode. What is your favorite episode, or what you want to hear me talk about in the future? I'm your friend Kitty, as in Hello Kitty. Have a good rest of your day. See you in the next episode.